0: Welcome to Fearless Mom. Today is session two of our 2020 parenting series. If you missed last week, we encourage you to take the time, make the time to listen or watch because last week we talked about how important it is to investigate, to discover our God-given identity, what He designed for you, what He designed for me. And so that is the foundation, we said, on which we will stand to get the 2020 perspective that we need to parent effectively. Because that's what we're all trying to do. Be the best moms that we can be to raise up kids to be exactly who God created them to be. And as we move farther down the road, when we begin to talk about discipline, when we begin to talk about laughter and play in the home, when we begin to talk about all these things that you're dealing with right now, we will see just how important it is to understand that I have an identity apart from my children. I have an identity apart from my son, apart from my daughter. That is mission critical for you to parent and discipline effectively. You see, um, Mac's wife is part of who I am, but it's not all of who I am. Emily and Joe's mom, that is part of who I am, but that is not all of who I am. And it is so important for me to take the time to say, okay, God, You've given me all these blessings, these people in my life, this family. Now, what do you want me to do? What is my calling? What is my purpose in this home? I'm a better mother. I'm a better wife. I'm a better friend. I'm a better everything when I make that It's not time away from my children when I take care of myself, it is time for my children. It's not time away from Mac, it actually makes me a better wife. So if you missed that video, if you missed that session, definitely take time to do that. Now, we're going to move pretty fast today because I love this topic. And when I love something so much, I talk a little faster and I say more words. So let's pray. God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your word that gives us guidance and direction. We thank you for your word that reveals, God, that you are the almighty. That you are bigger than any problem we could face. That you are stronger, you are mightier, and you reveal your strength in our weakness. We come to you today, God, confessing that we are not adequate people, not adequate enough to be the moms that you've called us to be, but we are so grateful that when we do our best, you step in and you fill in the gaps. God, we ask right now that you remove distractions, that you help us to see and hear what you want us to see and hear today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Hey, let's take a moment and welcome in our online moms, online moms. We pray that you feel all of the encouragement from Austin, Texas. Whether you're watching with a group or listening by yourself, we want to encourage you. We want to remind you, you may be by yourself, but you are not alone. We are praying for you, and we are standing alongside you, and we don't know what we're doing either. So, thanks so much for joining in. Now... I have two kids, 23 and, uh, how old are they? 23 and 21. They have the same birthday. It should be easy math. Um, 23 and 21. Now, Emily, when she came into the world, she was alert. She was the only baby in the nursery with her eyes wide open. I'd say that she was pretty much sizing up the nurses to going, which one's going to help me next? You know, and my dad was like, it's so obvious that she's intelligent. Uh, He he really meant it, bless his heart. But Emily loved to go and do. She loved to be out and about, which was perfect for our lifestyle at that time. Mac did student ministry, and then he did singles ministry, and he did the athletics ministry at the church. So we were always going and doing, and boy, she just went along with it. When she was seven months old, I was actually a chaperone for high school girls with her in my room on the beach retreat. And she actually rode in the van In her car seat at seven months old from South Padre all the way back to Dallas with teenagers. She thought it was the greatest thing ever. She woke up just for a little while to have breakfast in Waco and then fell back asleep and made the whole trip. It was so easy to travel with Emily. I'm like, I mean, I've got this thing down. This baby stuff doesn't even change my lifestyle. Then came Joseph. Mm Mm-hmm. Joseph loved to sleep in his bed, in his room, on his stomach, all day, every day, all day, every day. And so literally going to Target, going to the grocery store, it was as if we were running a fire drill. I would tell Emily, I would say, okay, Emily, the baby, when he wakes up, I would have the bag packed. I would say, the minute you hear him, literally, this is what I did. The minute you hear him, you get in that car and you strap yourself in because we got about 25 minutes. (laughs) And so literally, I would um, run into Target and, I mean, the moment he started screaming, there was nothing that would appease him except to be back in in his bed, in his room, on his stomach, falling asleep. Yeah, it was not exactly convenient because guess what? My parents lived in Mississippi, so we often drove 12 hours. Mm Mm-hmm, that's right. Put it together. It wasn't pleasant. So it was maybe Joseph's second Christmas. We thought, okay, okay. We've got this thing figured out. So this is what we'll do. Mac had a game plan. You know, he loves those driving trips, and we stay on the clock, you know. And so he said, okay, we'll leave at night. It'll be bedtime. He'll sleep the entire time. Because remember, he's a great sleeper, a great sleeper. Joseph loved to sleep. And so we're like, this is going to be a piece of cake. We'll make the whole trip. Okay. So we leave about 8 p.m. It's a 12-hour drive. So we leave about 8 p.m. Joe begins to cry at approximately 8.30 p.m. And he screamed and he screamed and he screamed. And Max said, should we stop? And I go, why are we going to stop? We've got 12 hours to go. We know that if we stop, you know, if you've got kids who don't like to sleep in the car, you know, you get out, you make them happy, and then you start all over again, you know. And I said, no, just keep going. Turn the music up. See, Emily, if you turn the music up full blast, that put her to sleep immediately. She loved noise. She loved the louder, the better. <laughs> then came Joseph. And so, 12 hours we drove. He would scream. And then he would fall asleep. Mac and I would turn to each other, give a little thumbs up. It's like he saw us. And then he would wake up and he would start crying and screaming again. And Mac would, should we stop? Should we pull over? I mean, we were crying, you know. Should we? No, keep going. Keep going. Why? Because we knew where we were going. I could see Laurel, Mississippi. I could see all the food my mom had prepared, all that free food. Remember that stage in your life? That's right. Free food, man. It was awesome. You know, we were drinking canned drinks, you know, because it was free. And so I'm like, oh no, you just keep going. Why? Because we knew where we were going. And oftentimes, knowing where you're going is the only thing that keeps you going. And so he would fall asleep. We would keep going. Thumbs up. He would start screaming. We would start driving. He would It was just a cycle. We did it the entire 12 hours. Finally, we got there. Why? Because we kept going. I would turn to him and go, keep driving. There's nothing that's going to stop him. Sometimes in parenting, knowing where you're going is the only thing that will keep you going. And so that's what we're going to talk about. The next step of 2020 parenting, yes, you better figure out who God created you to be. That is the foundation on which you will stand to have this 2020 perspective. But now we're going to talk about what is that perspective? Where are you going? Where are you heading? Because oftentimes knowing where you're going is the only thing that will keep you going. Because maybe you're in a stage where you think, I don't know what I'm doing. What should we do? You maybe feel like, I want to stop. I want to pull over. I want to turn around. I want to get off this crazy train. And But here's the deal. Keep going. Keep going. But you better know where you're going. That is what will keep you going. Sometimes, going through the night, maybe your child is at that point where, You know he's old enough to sleep through the night. But it's difficult to listen to him cry. It's difficult and you go, is this worth it? And then you picture tomorrow night and the next night and the next night. And sometimes picturing tomorrow is all that will get you through today. And that's what we want to talk about today. Because guess what? What you're doing matters But what you're doing as a mom changes every single stage of life. I've been a mom now for 23 years, and my job has changed and evolved, I mean, every few months if I think about it, over the last 23 years, but... What kept me going through every transition when I became an empty nester, when my kids started kindergarten? Each transition, it was pretty difficult for me because I just figured out how things worked. And then it was a transition. And then one transition after another. So here are my jobs over the last 23 years. I just wrote a few of them down. I've been diaper changer, laundry washer, meal cooker, um, that was a short period of time, and carpool driver, team mom, room mom, troop mom, troop leader, field trip leader, bunco leader, snack coordinator, gift money collector, class project organizer, landscaper, decorator, house cleaner, chaperone, counselor, referee, and nurse, and the most common ones now, banker and caterer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, when your kids are little, you pass out, uh, you feed them, you know, the formula, or you nurse them, whatever, and then it moves to goldfish, and you just kind of shovel them out. They get a little older, it changes to ones and fives. They get into middle school, it's tens and twenties. High school, maybe you can stick with twenties for a little bit. College, cha-ching, cha-ching, that's all I'm going to say. Banker and caterer, but the good news is, Emily is financially independent. Let's give that a round of applause. <laughs> Whoop, whoop! That's right. It is so awesome. It's so awesome. It's a good goal to have. As moms, though, we're constantly redefining our roles and responsibilities. Why? Because mothering, if we're doing it right, then our job is changing. Because my job actually is to work myself out of a job. My goal is to eventually have my children independent. It comes from, you know, parent discipline that eventually turns into self-discipline. My job is to raise those kids to be adults. Let's look at what mother means. Look in your notes. It's actually a verb more than it is a noun. It means to nurture and care for. Think about that when your babies are infants, when they're little. It is constant attention. To equip and prepare. This evolves as we have toddlers and preschoolers. We begin to teach them how to do things on their own. And then it moves to direct and to guide. We gradually allow them to make their own decisions and to do things for themselves. So that you eventually, brace yourselves mom, hold on. So that you eventually let go. That's what the fill-in-the-blank is. Turn to your neighbor and say, let go. Maybe some of you have teenagers, and it's time for you to let go of checking every grade every hour. And maybe some of your infants don't panic. You don't let go yet. But that is the end goal. Look at what Proverbs 22:6, probably the most quoted verse about parenting. Train up a child in the way he should what? Uh-oh, What? That's right. They eventually go. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. A lot of people like to cling to that second part. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm going to focus on the first part. What is my responsibility as mom? My responsibility is to do the teaching and training, the correcting and directing, and train up my child in the way he should go. That's what we're going to focus on. What is my responsibility? My responsibility, your responsibility, it is It's not simply to have a healthy baby or a well-behaved preschooler or a fun you know school-age child or even a super nice teenager your job is to raise up your child to eventually do what the parenting goal is strong competent independent adult children man that is a change in focus I thought my responsibility was to make sure they get their homework done I thought my responsibility was to teach her to go potty I thought my responsibility was just to change diapers all of those are your responsibilities now but remember that changes every stage but your responsibility remains where are you are going you're, where you're going never changes what you're doing changes but where you're going doesn't change my responsibility is strong competent independent what kind of children it's a little bit overwhelming, but if you picture it like this, because what is true emotionally is also true physically and financially. Ready? So I bring the baby home. I hold it close. I nurture it. I take care of it. The next stage, a toddler, a preschooler, I'm holding hands. See, there's a little more distance between me and my child. Then school age, um, uh teenage, preteen. Now I'm standing next to my child, but I am just pointing and directing. Then, last stage, ba ba. Uh huh. And so that's what you're moving toward emotionally, physically, and what? Financially, that's a biggie now. Go ahead and get that in your mindset. Especially, you know, if you are um, an adult child and maybe you are still clinging. (laughs) Okay, we won't go there. I don't have time. But let's talk about that. That that what is true physically, emotionally, financially, relationally. That's our goal. It's gradual. It's a little bit at a time. Point and direct. So that you eventually let what? Because my goal is what? Adult children, independent, competent, strong adult children. That is a change in thinking. That is a shift in our focus, but it is necessary. Some of you have newborns and you're like, what? My child isn't ready for that. You're right. Good discernment on your part, okay? Your child is not ready for that. It happens little by little, stage by stage. But if you get that in your mind now, if you change your focus, if you shift your mindset, your perspective right now, now as you're holding on to that baby, you can see that eventual let go as your goal. You remember to take care of yourself. You remember to take care of your marriage. You remember to take care of your home, your home culture. Because even though this baby is a baby, I'm creating habits now in my home that will affect this child as a teenager. I am creating an honest and safe atmosphere in my home that will affect how much my child shares with me when he is a school-age child, a preteen, a teen. All of that, yes, it's never too early to begin shifting your focus to the long term. Some of you are here. Maybe between that stage when you should start letting go and that stage when you should have said goodbye. You know, maybe you have adult children. It's never too late. To change your focus. Our God is the God of redemption. In scripture, he is referred to as my rock and my redeemer. What does redeem mean? Redeem means he will take your mistakes and not just forgive them, but he will use them for good. He will use your mistakes. Maybe you think, oh, I wish I had known this. Well, guess what? You know it now. So now you're responsible for it. He will take those mistakes that your kids have made, that you made. Only God. You could tell me your mistakes that you've made and I would listen and I would say, we've all made mistakes, that's okay. I can encourage you, I can listen. Only God can redeem them. Only God can take your mistakes and use them for His glory and your kids' good. His glory and your good. It is never too early to start thinking this way and it's never too late to change your thinking, okay? So everybody, no matter where you are, If you are nurturing a newborn, if you are, you know, chasing a toddler, if you are um, running around with a preschooler, if you're driving carpool, wherever you are, today is the day where you change your focus and you say, my goal, I know, is to eventually let go and my goal is to raise a competent, independent, strong adult child. Everybody say, "Okay." okay. Now say, I'm ready. This is the deal with your kids. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Yes, we plant God's word in our kids' hearts so that eventually it will bring it to mind. Here, this is never promised. Train up a child in the way he should go, and he will never make mistakes, and you will never have problems. Many of us, though, that's what our goal is no mistakes, no problems. That's not reality. You make mistakes. What makes you think your child won't make mistakes? You make bad decisions. What makes you think? Now, I don't expect bad decisions. I keep the bar here, and this is what we expect because God has called you to something greater. And so we keep the bar there, but I'm not shocked and chagrined if my kids make mistakes. I made mistakes. And so I I deliver it with grace But our bar is right here because God has called us to obedience and a peaceful, joyful life is a result of obedience. But God doesn't promise that life will be easy. But we do know that if we submit our life to his laws and our ways to his word that our life is better. It doesn't mean you won't have problems, but it does mean if you keep that focus, train up a child in the way he should go. My goal is an adult child. I want this 2020 perspective. I want to look like, you know, far down the road and plan for that and parent toward that. It does mean that when you know where you're going, you're just more confident in handling those mistakes and those problems. So that is what we're going to talk about today. 2020 vision. Now, I have horrible vision. I think contacts are a miracle because my hand, when I don't have my contacts in, my hand is blurry right here, right here. It's so scary. Mac walks in the door, man, I'm praying it's him. Because I, and I jump, and he, blesses heart, he'll alert me that he's coming. Hey, hon, like way far away. Because it could be him, it could be a burglar. I have no idea. And so I'm always optimistic that it's him, you know. But it could be, I could be, you know, it's amazing how blind I am. But I, I don't have clear vision, but I know what it is. It's 2020. 2020 is clear vision. And 2020 parenting is parenting with clear vision. We stand on the foundation of know that God has called us to this and from that foundation we gain the perspective of having 2020 clear vision. Parenting beyond the next 20 minutes and considering the next 20 years. I don't feel like dealing with this tantrum right now. I'm embarrassed right now. Emily is flailing around in Chick-fil-A and everyone's staring at me and why don't I just give her that ice cream cone because honestly I want one now too. But it's not about the next 20 minutes. It's about the next 20 and kids repeat what you reward. Kids repeat what you reward. So, my child screams all the time. Well, what do you do when she screams? I get her what she wants. I don't want to hear her scream anymore. Kids repeat what you reward. It's not rocket science. It's not about enduring the next 20 minutes, it's about enjoying the next 20 years. Man, one time a mom, after we have done 2020 parenting, she said to her small group, she said, this sounds hard. And we, said, we said It's pretty intense if you're doing it right. It's pretty intense. God fills in the gaps, but yeah, it, it takes constant attention. But the good news is if you put in the time now, you'll enjoy the next 20 years. The goal is for you to enjoy family vacation when they're teenagers. The goal is for them to want to come home and for you to enjoy them when they are young adults. So you got to look past the um, urgency of right now. I'm not going to lie. There was a time or two when I pretended I didn't see the tantrum or I didn't see, you know, Joseph push him. There was a time. If they knew I saw it, now I had to address it. So sometimes I pretended I didn't. Um, It's not just about surviving the next 20 minutes but thriving the next 20 years. This is what parents will ask me. They'll say, okay, Julie, I have a 15-month-old and um, he touches the light socket. Should I, di- should I discipline him for that? And I'm like, well, do you want him to stop it? Uh, yes, okay, then yes, you should do that. Well, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know until you tell him. You just say, no, face, finger, tone. You pull it all together, face, finger, tone. And the more expressive you are, the more effective. Face, finger, tone, yes. Yeah, it, it's a great thing. No, I mean, yeah, I can pull out that teacher snap. You can hear me three houses down the street. It's true. <laughs> This is the deal. There are two kinds of behavior, acceptable and unacceptable, period. If it's acceptable, great, praise it. If it's unacceptable, you'd better address it. This is what I like to say. If a parent says, should I discipline for this? Like maybe the child is a toddler. I go, well, is that behavior acceptable in a classroom? No, then you better address it. And so, when we get that 2020 perspective, we say, is that behavior acceptable in a classroom, in a dorm room, in a boardroom? If I want my child to understand how to address her boss one day, then I need to teach her how to address me with respect. Because I'm not talking about the next 20 minutes in that conversation we're having. I'm looking at 20 years down the road when she's trying to confront her boss. Do you see? That's the 2020 perspective. That is saying it is not about the next 20 minutes. It's about the next 20 years. Is that appropriate in the classroom, in the dorm room, in the boardroom? I've got to pick my head up and get that new perspective. Because sometimes, I'm going to be honest, we just don't have it in us. You know, I'm just like, I just can't do it. And yes, I have cried and said that to my children. I just can't do it. But it's just like our car drive. We knew where we were going, and that is what kept us going. So when you know where you're going, that is what will keep you going. Is it easy? No. But it is so worth it. So you get your W and you throw it. That means worth it. Okay? (laughs) And sometimes it's not a gang sign. We look at each other. My husband and I, come on keep driving it's gonna be worth it that's right and now look at my kids mm, that's right i'm about to <laughs> open a can here so here's the deal 2020 parenting requires a deliberate change in perspective an intentional shift in our thinking and a god-given faith-fueled vision everybody say vision vision, vision for our family proverbs 29 18 And yes, you've got three different versions of the exact same verse there. Because the King James, which we rarely read from, is the one that we quote most of all at our church. Where there is no vision, everybody say vision. Vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. In the New King James, it says, where there is no revelation from God... People cast off restraint. And then in the New Living, which we use most often because it's our common vernacular, it says where people do not accept divine guidance. That is direction from God. Where there is no revelation, where there is no vision, where there is no divine guidance. Here's my job as mom. My job is to get myself a vision for my life, For my marriage and for my family. It is to ask God. You see what this says? It is to ask God. It is a God-given vision for you, for your marriage, for your family. And so I go to God and I say, okay, God, what is your vision? Because I don't know what I'm doing. And I need your help to see where I'm going. Every family is different. You are a unique individual. Your children, anybody who has more than one kid, you know. They come out with their own personalities. And then in God's sense of humor, he puts a man and a woman from two different families together and goes live together and bless each other. Good luck. No, he doesn't say good luck. It is truly a comical thing when you think about marriage. But I go, God, you called me to it. You'll equip me for it. I will do it, by golly. I will not give up. But I need a vision from you. I need to see, and I don't mean like a vision as in, ooh, 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 ooh. I mean a divine direction. I mean a word from God about where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. Again, it doesn't mean your family won't make mistakes and you won't have problems. But when I do have those problems, I will be able to handle them more confidently and with calm and peace. You see, if you look at um, the New Living Translation, where people do not accept divine guidance, where people do not listen to God, they run wild. Uh Uh-oh. I must confess that there are seasons in our family's life where my children were running wild. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to toss in the towel. But I went back to, okay, God... What do you want from me? I know that your design, I know that your desire is not chaos and confusion. I know that your design, I know that your desire is not angst all the time. It is not fear. I know, God, that you have called us to live on a higher plane. I just need to know how to get there. And so you submit your life to his laws and your word, your ways to his word. And he provides that supernatural vision for you and gets you and your family on the same page. <clears throat> there are so many books, so many blogs... So many TV shows, so many articles about how to parent, about how to potty train, about how to, you could find 143 articles that would say, you need to nurse your baby every 30 minutes. You could find another three that say, heavens to Betsy, don't ever nurse your baby every three minutes, you know. They are always at opposing. You know why? Because everybody's different. Everybody's different. So I can find 143 that say this, 143 that say this, and it's just overwhelming. There is so much information out there, and most of these articles, most of these books, most of these um, writers don't take into account the unique individual, the unique mom, the unique child, the unique family situation. That's where God's genius comes in. His Word transcends every age and life stage. His Word always makes your life work better so what we want to do is submit our life to his laws and say okay god what's your design for my family and sometimes people look at you like you're crazy but you have to say we talked last week about all of the chatter that we hear about who we should be what a mom in 2017 looks like what a wife should look what a wife should look like but we said okay my goal is to say, God, what is my role here? What should I look like? What is my role? Same thing with your family. The chatter doesn't matter. The vision makes the decision. The chatter doesn't matter. The vision makes the decision. God, you gave me this child. What is your vision for the direction of this family? Again, it's not going to eliminate the problems, but when you are confident in where you're going, when you're confident in your vision, now... There's an ease and a comfort. It's the opposite of kids running wild. It's the opposite of parents running around wild. You go, deep breath. What can our family handle? What is God's vision for our family? This design that we're living right now is not the way we were designed to live. Now, I'm going to take responsibility, and we're going to make the changes necessary. So you've got to make the time, not take the time. You've got to make the time. You're not going to discover Oh, my gosh, look, guys, we've got an extra three hours. Oh, look, how? look, how did that happen? No, it doesn't happen that way. You have to decide, I'm going to make the time to say, God, what is your vision for our family? And so what is your vision for your family? You need to talk to your husband. Talk to your child's father. Talk to your family. What is our vision for our family? And it starts by saying, what's my dream Or vision for my kids. Sometimes we can get so stuck in the weeds. Mac, when I was talking about what I'm speaking about today, he goes, I keep remembering when you were trying to decide how many days a week to do preschool. And I'm telling y'all, I mean, I was up all night. I mean, it—it it, it I was talking to my mom. I was talking to friends. And I was should I do two days or a week or three days a week? T- seriously, it wasn't even like two or five. It was two or three. And it was a huge decision because I was stuck right here. All I could see was the next 20 minutes. All I could see was the next 20 days. And Max said, pick your chin up. How much will it affect your 20 years from now? I'm like, quit being so logical, okay? I don't even like that. Um, And so I had to decide, you know, what's best for our family? Um, And I just decided I couldn't shower that many days a week, so we did too. Um, So what is a dreamer vision for my kids? And the next one, what am I shooting for? What am I working towards as a mom? Sometimes when you've got little ones, you're like, what the heck am I doing all day? I told you that last week. Mac used to come home from work, and I would start saying everything I had done that day. And he would say, honey, I believe you. I know you've been working. I go, no, I'm trying to figure out what I have been doing all day. Because I feel like I haven't done anything. And sometimes when you're at home with your kids or when you're children, you're like, man, this discipline thing is not working. I'm not seeing change here. You picture us driving to Mississippi and you just keep going. You just keep at it, particularly if you have a strong willed blessing. You know what? You're not going to see immediate change. Your friend, I remember a friend telling me, you let her scream. The minute you leave the grocery store, do it two times. You'll never have to do it again. Really? How about every single time? Every single time. You let her cry herself to sleep three nights in a row, you'll never have to do it again. Really? Every night. Every night. Remember how I said Emily loved to go and do? That's right. She hated bedtime. I needed her to go to bed. Okay, so I had to teach her how to go to bed. And sometimes it didn't feel like it was working. But I knew eventually, by golly, I needed her to get to bed. So I just kept driving. Sometimes that's where we are. So knowing where you're going is so important. Go ahead and write a vision statement for your family. You have a document. You guys here in Austin have something from Andy Andrews. Andy Andrews is a New York Times bestseller. He's a friend of our family, a friend of Fearless Mom. And he wrote out how to write a family mission statement. If you are watching online, you could go to fearlessmom.com, click on resources, and you'll see Andy Andrews' family mission statement. He uses the word mission statement. We use the word vision. It's the exact same thing. We use vision because we cling to Proverbs 29. Nine eighteen, Where there is no vision, the people perish. And so it's the exact same thing. I'm going to challenge you to make the time this week to start this project. We're not going to check your homework, don't worry. But make the time. Figure it out. Studies show, we learned from Julia last week, studies show that if you write it down, you are 42% more likely to act on it. And so make the time to write it. And then as you're writing, remember, the chatter doesn't matter. The vision makes the decision. Work together. Work on your mission statement. Work on your vision statement. If your children are older, involve them in the process. It's funny. We have had a vision statement for a while, and I'm embarrassed to say I'm not sure my children could quote it to you right now. They could probably fill in the blanks if I gave them help. But Mac and I talk about it a lot. That's because it's important that he and I stay on the same page. And so our family vision statement to love God, this is what we want to teach our children. We want to raise them up so that they eventually do what? raise them up we know that our job is to raise strong independent competent adult children so that is in our mind the next 20 years and in those next 20 years we want our children to love god his house and his ways to love god his house and his ways and to understand and embrace Authority, responsibility, gratitude, and honesty. We'll talk a lot more about that next semester. We call that pirate parenting. Authority, responsibility, gratitude, and honesty. ARG, get it? Pirate parenting. So to love God, his house, and his ways. Our thought, our belief is that if our children understand God's word, if our children know God, know his word, and understand the importance of a local church, then they can face whatever confronts them. If we arm them with that information, I can't be there in every situation and coach my kids through it, but I can give them what they need to handle every situation they may face. When our children went off to college, that was one of the things I kept you know, thinking. Did I teach her this? Did I tell him this? Did I prepare her for this? And then I'd take a step back and go, you know what? I, there's no possible way I can consider every situation, but what I can do is make sure they love God, his house, and his ways. And so I knew that if they went off to school, both our kids went, you know, far away to South Carolina. And, you know, I'm panicking, going, oh, my gosh, what if they meet somebody and marry them and never come home? And then I remember, oh, that's right, I did it. But, and it worked out okay. But what if I never meet that person until they've already decided they love them? Now I start panicking about that. So that's why I'm like, okay, you get yourself in a local church where somebody's going to say, uh-uh, you know, he's not good enough for you. Uh Uh-uh, there's no way your mom will enjoy Christmas with her. And so (laughs) just a little time out here. I don't think it was wrong for me to tell my children when they consider a spouse. I go, don't ruin my Christmas. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everybody laughs. I go, no, I'm dead serious. Because if they marry somebody that I don't like, that is every holiday for the rest of my life, you know. And Christmas is important. I mean, it's a big deal. It's in the Bible, so hello. I mean, it's a big deal. And so I did. That's why I tell my children and their friends about marriage. Don't ruin my Christmas. Okay. So I think that gave them a little bit of vision. Mm Mm-hmm. Gave them a little bit of vision there. Um, when we face our decisions in our family, when we cling to our, you know, the kids knew that church, church is not important to us because we're in ministry. We're in ministry because church is important to us. The church saved Max's life. The church is where I learned about Jesus. And so we want that for our children. So that, that's when we talk to our children about being part of the church, it was never like we have to be at church. People will talk. You know, we never said that. We have to be at church because God's word says your life works better if you're connected to a local church, period. doesn't matter what dad does. You know, if dad were a doctor, we'd still be serving at church. You know, so, so we, we talk about that a lot in our family. But we had to make decisions, our family. The most important thing, people have asked me this so many times, what's the most important thing that you taught your children? Here it is. I am strong enough to be the only one. I am strong enough to be the only one. It's okay to be the only one on the team who doesn't do spring ball. It's okay to be the only one who doesn't do the sleepover. It's okay to be the only one. And sometimes we as moms forget that. I'm strong enough to be the only mom. We are strong enough to be the only family who makes this decision. One time a mom said to me, you know, is Emily doing spring uh, ball? I said, no, she's not. And she said, well, doesn't she have to? And I go, no, I'm in charge here. Um, No. And she said, but I think the team has to. I go, no, they don't. It is optional. And this is our family's decision. Well, what if she doesn't make the team the next year? I go, then she doesn't make the team the next year. But I go back to my statement, to love God, his house, and his ways says nothing absolutely about how her life would be changed forever if she didn't make the team. Actually, what I learned here is that if she loves God, his house, and his ways, and she understands authority, responsibility, gratitude, and honesty, then she can handle it whether she makes the team or not. So in the long term, my vision, knowing where we were going, helped us make those everyday decisions. Two-day-a-week preschool, three-day-a-week preschool, where we live, what kind of schools we attend. We go back to this. can we? Does it fit under our vision? You've got to make the time to figure out where you're going because remember... Knowing where you're going often is the only thing that will keep you going. And while we're on keeping going, look at Galatians 6, 9. Do not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. If you're in this stage right here and you're going, okay, we need to do a family vision statement. I need to t- make that time. I'm not going to take the time. I'm not going to drift into the time. We are going to make that time. So you got to get that don't give up face, okay, and talk through your teeth. If you are in that preschool stage and you're still holding hands, you go, we got to make the time. We still got time. If you're in that elementary stage, the preteen, teen stage where you're still pointing and guiding, we got to make the time. We've got to do it. We will be relentless. We know what is important. We know God. It's design and desire, and our lives will work better if we live that way. If you're down here and you're thinking, ah, it's too late, it's never too late. It's never too late. Dig in, talk to your children, your your teenage children, your adult children, and go, you know what? From this day forward, we will have a vision for our family and we will all work toward it together. You be relentless. People say, oh, stubborn. It's It's a bad thing. Stubborn is good. Just be stubborn about the right things. Be relentless about your vision for your family. Be strong enough to be the only one to do the right thing. Be strong enough to talk to your husband. Let's make this time. I want to focus on you. I want our marriage to be ready for when we are empty nesters so that we love going to get sushi together, so that we love going to the movie. I want to plan for that now. Man, I don't even like you right now, but one day I hope I do. You know, and so I'm going to work at liking you because I want to enjoy that stage because I know not liking you is not God's design or desire. So by golly, I'm going to like you today. Okay? That's our goal. Be relentless, be stubborn. Just be stubborn about the right things. And for crying out loud, get yourself a vision. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for today. I thank you for your word that directs us to clear 2020 vision. God, thank you for reminding us that our job is to train up these children. Our blessing, our responsibility is to train them up to love you and to be ready to go. Give us the strength, the tenacity, the peace, the calm, the joy to keep going. Show us where we're going and help us keep going. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. amen.